1: Love Talk Radio I have a home Eternal home But for now I walk This broken world, you walked it first. You know our pain, but you sure hope can rise again up from the grave. Abide with me, abide with me. Don't let.
0: Well, good morning. Thank you for taking some time out of your day to tune into the Life Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Miano. I'm the pastor at the Blue Point Bible Church, director of the Power of Preterism Network, and your host here on Life Podcasts, as well as what is known as Miano Gone Wild Online Radio. So thank you again for taking some time out. And uh, what I'd like to do is bring us into our practice of common prayer um, this morning and set our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and look forward to an edifying show. So, please join with me. Prayerfully, you
2: have your cup of coffee ready.
0: I know I'm sitting here sipping my cup, and I hope that this will be an edifying show for all of us. Our date today is February 12th. Going ahead and turning to common prayer. And the thought that they put before us today, and it's important to keep this in mind that we're in the month of February. It's uh, Black History Month. It's a month that is focused in on the beautiful reality of reconciliation. The National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, NAACP, was established on February 12, 1909, after a race riot in Springfield, Illinois. Some of the founding members, including W.E.B. Du Bois, Ida Wells Barnett and Oswald Garrison Villiard. Over the years, it has become one of the most influential justice organizations in the United States, leading movements against lynching, segregation, discrimination, and race based violence. Oh Lord, let my soul rise up to meet you as the day rises to meet the sun. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Bless our God, you peoples. Make the voice of his praise to be heard. In Psalm chapter 66, verses 4 through 8, we read, Come now and see the works of God. How wonderful are his deeds toward all people. He turned the sea into dry land, so that they went through the water on foot. And there we rejoiced in him. In his might he rules forever. His eyes keep watch over the nations. Let no rebel rise up against him. Bless our God, you peoples. Make the voice of his praise to be heard, who holds our souls in life and will not allow our feet to slip. Bless our God, you peoples. Make the voice of his praise to be heard. W.E.B. Du Bois said, who is a co-founder of the NAACP, only by a union of intelligence and sympathy Across the color line, in this critical period of the republic, shall justice and right triumph. I like that. Only by the union of intelligence and sympathy. With that, let's lift up our prayer. And a quote that I saw in my time hop this morning that I want to bring before you that I believe sort of correlates with this focus of prayer. I'm going to find it here, put this before us before we move into our time of prayer basically about Christian brotherhood. And I believe this is a quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer as most Februarys, I spend my time looking through resources by Dietrich Bonhoeffer as his birthday was February 4th. And he definitely lived a life that was worthy of our uh, paying attention to and discerning and learning how to live in step with the gospel. The quote is this. Christian brotherhood is not an ideal, which we must realize it is rather a reality created by God in Christ in which we may participate. I say that because a lot of times it seems as though we believe that we're making up the body, that we, you know, we're the ones that have gone through this effort of building the body of Christ or guarding the body of Christ. And um, what we need to realize is that being in Christ is something that God has established. It's something that has come from God. One of the things here at the Blue Point Bible Church that we've been doing in our Saturday morning Bible study is reading through the epistles of John. And if you were to read through the first epistle of John, you will see very clearly the beautiful reality of Christian brotherhood and what is required to be a part of that brotherhood and why all of it is summed up in Jesus Christ. The goal of the ages was to sum up everything in Jesus Christ, as we see there in Ephesians chapter 1. So my point this morning is that may we praise God for Christian brotherhood, may we know that Our brotherhood is a reality that has been designed by God and it's only a union of intelligence and sympathy and it's only the truth when it's a union of intelligence and sympathy that would bring forth as W.E. Du Bois had said about the NAACP or any union that would be united together by intelligence and sympathy that then it will bring forth justice and right triumph and that's our goal amen Our goal with preaching the gospel is to see justice in our land, to see healing take place across every social, individual structure so that people would be able to find life and life to the full because that's what our Lord came to bring. We see that in John 10.10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I come, Jesus, that you might have life and have it to the full. Saints, I'm sure you're agreeing with me this morning that God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in him. That's a quote from John Piper, by the way. And that's the goal. We don't want to see anything else except for a movement eh, to see the truth of our Lord, the true worship of our Lord, come forth by that which he has designed, the body of Christ. So let's lift up prayer, appreciating, praise, appreciating God for what he has designed and prayers that we would continue to see that fullness. We would continue to praise God for our ability to participate in such a beautiful reality. Mighty God, we do thank you, Lord. We thank you for going before us. We thank you that you're readying our minds this morning so that we can praise you, Lord, for what you have beautifully knit together. Lord, we thank you for all that you've supplied in Jesus Christ. Your word tells us that you've given everything to us pertaining to life and godliness. godliness. Your word tells us that the goal of the ages was to sum up all things in Jesus Christ, Lord. Your word tells us that The goal was that all things would be given to the church so that the church would make known the manifold wisdom of God, Lord. Convict us of that reality. Allow us to grow and relish in our identity in you, Lord, so that we would see you more fully. Turn your eyes to Jesus. Amen. Beautiful hymn, Lord. Thank you for the gifts that you've given the saints. Continue to provide the increase, Lord, as we we trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so you notice today the topic is reducing the gospel. Reducing is subtracting, taking away. You notice we just prayed for increase. So reducing should be far from us. Amen. I had read a quote yesterday. Alan Hirsch, he's a a leader within the missional church, leads a group called Forge USA, I believe. And he said this. I think most of our problems that we face in the church are actually results of what we call reductionism. And I tend to agree with that quote, because if you think about it, let's, let's kind of go through the different ways that we have reduced the gospel, because prayerfully this morning, I'm going to convict you, myself, anybody else that's tuned in, that we're guilty of reducing the gospel. And we need, in order to see a movement, a union of intelligence and sympathy, what I refer to as team preterist, when in order to see that, we need to admit that we've reduced the gospel. And and again, this is not only for the preterist community. However, my audience are those that do agree with the views of preterism. However, this goes out to anyone. The futurist community has definitely reduced the gospel, right? More often than not, I'll go to events where I'll hear hear people say that the gospel is that God so loved his son that he sent his Let me back up. The gospel is that God had so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. John three, sixteen. The problem with that is that it doesn't clarify why God had to send his son. And when you understand the jots and tittles of the law and what Jesus said there in Matthew chapter five, verses sixteen through eighteen, or what it says in Romans chapter fifteen, verses eight through nine, about how Christ became a servant to the circumcision to confirm the promises given to the fathers, or what he said in Matthew, to fulfill the jots and tittles of the law, which basically means all the details of the law. So there's no way we can reduce the gospel because there's so many things. I don't know about you, if you're familiar with the law and the prophets, but there's so many different aspects and nuances of what God was seeking to do through his people. So we're going to have a lot of answers when we talk about what the gospel is, what the good news is, because unfortunately, as you read through the Old Testament, there was a lot of bad news. God's people were not producing righteousness. So you talk to some people, right, that I had mentioned this John 3:16 and the need to attach it to other texts, to understand the bigger picture. And that's important because if you understand my testimony, you know that when I had first heard about Christianity, I found it problematic that every time, every time I turned around, I was being told that Jesus died for my sins, and it sounded as though I was being guilted into something. I didn't quite understand why Jesus needed to die for sin, why I, Mike Niano, needed to be brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. But as I began to understand the big picture, not reduce the gospel down to just believing in Jesus, but understanding why Jesus needed to be sent, oh man, the glory of God has truly been revealed. You know, then you think of some circles where they make the gospel all about dying and going to heaven. It's all about, you know, the next world, the next life. We're citizens here. Which, again, was speaking more covenantally, that they were citizens under that old covenant, and they were seeking to be moved into a new covenant. What was growing old was ready to vanish away, as we see there in Hebrews 8, 13. So, that's not to say... Because unfortunately, some have gone the route of saying the Bible doesn't say anything about after, you know, life after biological death, which is not true, right? We read in Revelation 14:13 that after all the fulfillment of, uh, the, you know, destruction of Babylon, which, perfectly, you, you understand, relates to the destruction of Jerusalem in the first century. Revelation 14 should be interpreted in light of the destruction of Jerusalem in A.D. 70. And when you understand that, you see in Revelation 14, 13, that it says, blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, after the destruction of Jerusalem. Because the, destru- the destruction of that temple, the power of the holy people, is what held the people under the law. It's what held the dead ones under the law. It's what held the living in bondage to the elements of the law. So we should never reduce the gospel to those things. We should never reduce the gospel to being about full preterism or fulfillment. Fulfillment is a beautiful reality. Again, I mentioned Romans 15, verses 8 through 9, but it's more than just God's declaring his mercy. It's what was the goal of God confirming the promises and declaring mercy to the Gentiles? What was God seeking to do? And again, this requires a discerned reading. This past Sunday at the Blue Point Bible Church, matter of fact, I preached through Leviticus chapter 12. Well, I preached about Leviticus chapter 12. And what I had done was I talked a little bit about Um, the mysteries that are revealed through Scripture. You know, we get to uh, Leviticus 12, and you read about how a woman that gives birth to a child is considered unclean. And, you know, I brought up the rabbinical challenge. You know, why? Why would that be? If if you're familiar with the Parshats and the Jewish understanding, um, I've been doing those readings as I go through the Old Testament. And the rabbis, they, you know, they really challenge this, you know, why does God make laws the way he does? And that's a part of the gospel. To acknowledge why God makes mysterious laws that are beyond our comprehension is a part of the gospel. It's a part of us realizing the value of mystery, the value of not being know-it-alls, amen? And that's what, uh, that's what I preached about. And I, I believe that that's all a part of the gospel, that we reduce things when we think we know it all. Rather than being in awe of the wonder of God and how he has fulfilled the beautiful gospel. Another thing is reading through the Old Testament. You read through these prophets that are focused in on kingdom Tomo, right? Problems within kingdoms. Whether it's Israel, Israel of the north, the Judah of the south, the Assyrians, Syria, the Medes, whatever it might be. All these different groups, they, um, they're coming up against Israel. So many people have reduced the gospel down to Israel, right? Israel is going to be saved from their foreign invasion one day. The Jews had done that. And unfortunately, there's Christian theology that continues to propagate that false view today all these details are reductions of the gospel in 1 corinthians chapter 11 matter of fact we read an interesting thing there ironically 1 corinthians chapter 11 is not teaching us about a ceremony called communion or the lord's supper that we host in churches instead what it was is it was a letter written by the apostle paul to the church of corinth to rebuke them for what they had reduced their gatherings down to They had separated the rich from the poor. The rich were all worried about themselves. And, you know, just like people today when they go to church and they're more worried about their their own individual salvation and being righteous and having a good standing with God, that they fail to realize the reason why we gather is to bring forth healing within the body and around the body, physical body, the body of Christ. They forgot the very reason they were meeting, and they made it all about themselves. They reduced the gospel down to themselves. And I'll tell you, I believe that we are so guilty of that today you go to a christian bookstore and you look on the bookshelves and you just scan through a lot of the books you'll see that i'm not alone in my estimation so what do we do church perfectly you're in agreement with me that we repent we examine ourselves as it says there in first corinthians chapter 11 we see that we are in the faith and we repent and we decide to change so the question is what needs to change How do we not reduce the gospel? I believe the answer is easy before us. It's, you know, um, decide to seek out the whole counsel of God that the Apostle Paul spoke about. That we would understand the gospel the Apostle Paul talked about, that it was nothing other than that which was revealed in the law and the prophets. That's the only reduction that we are allowed to bring up. That there's only one hope. And that one hope. Of Ephesians 4 4 is the one hope that the Apostle Paul preached all throughout his ministry. And the Apostle Paul preached the gospel that Jesus Christ preached. And Jesus Christ preached the gospel that was mysterious through the prophets and was being fulfilled through him. The only thing that we can reduce about the gospel is that it must be found in the law and the prophets. And then it must be spiritually discerned through the law and the prophets. So let's repent. Let's pray. We're going to repent of that. And uh, then I just want to kind of, I'm going to bring us into a song. I'll share some announcement and I'll open up for calls. If anybody wants to call in, maybe you have some questions, you have some thoughts. Maybe you want to repent publicly of reducing the gospel. Don't worry. We're going to afford you that moment. So let's just open up into a moment of prayer. Mighty God, we do thank you, Lord. We thank you for a full gospel, the whole counsel of God that you have put before us, Lord. And not even that, that you have given us a spirit that allows us to have the mind of Christ, that we would discern your truth, Lord. Thank you. May we repent of reducing the gospel down to our paradigms and presuppositions, Lord, or our traditions and theories. May we instead seek your word, study to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth. The man doing so need not be ashamed. May we move forward, Lord, proving all things, searching the scriptures to see what is true, Lord. being at work where your spirit is at work, being desirous of your spirit working in and through our lives. Allowing the living waters to flow from us as John chapter 7 speaks about, Lord. And not reducing the gospel down to individual salvation or even our own personal salvation, Lord. May we recognize the call to bring forth the healing of the nations. May we recognize our identity, Lord. Thank you. Lord, we repent of reducing the gospel to anything other than the fullness of what it is. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The call-in number is 516-387-1717. One more time. 516-387-1717. I'm going to bring us into a song, and then when we get back from the song, I'm just going to share a couple of announcements. Prayerfully, somebody may call in and... Uh, just kind of clue you in on some of the things that are going on, what I'm looking to see happen within the next couple of weeks, and of course our continual increase in the work of the gospel rather than the reducing. Again, the number one more time, five one six three eight seven one seven one seven. All right, so we are back. I noticed no that is okay. The good news is that we do get listens, if not live, we do get listens on our recorded podcast. So to kind of bring the the show to a close, I just wanted to share a couple of announcements. One of the things that um, within the fulfilled community, a lot of times that we're guilty of, and this recently has been brought up and challenged by Mr. Larry Siegel of Fulfilled Dynamics, um, the things that he had mentioned was that we seem to push the Holy Spirit understanding out of our studies, and uh, that's something that I've entered in on. If you remember a couple weeks ago, Brother Mike had called in. He had shared a whole packet with me in regards to the Holy Spirit, and this week I actually found time to go through that, and while I might not agree with all of Brother Mike's conclusions, I definitely feel that that is a study that we need to press in on, and I appreciated that yesterday, matter of fact, uh, Brother Alvin, he actually had went and uh, put up video, you can go to my Facebook page, and you can probably find it on my Facebook page. He had tagged me, and um, I'm going to go ahead and re-listen to that this morning, and it challenged, you know, more about growing in the Holy Spirit, so I'm looking forward to going and um, listening to his podcast and some edification. That brings me to my next topic, Team Preterist. I'm going to be reaching out to Alvin. I'm going to be reaching out to many within the full Preterist community that we need to truly team up and bring forth this brotherhood of uh, you know, we talked this morning about W.E.B. Du Bois, his phrase about the NAACP, that a union of intelligence and sympathy is needed. Perfectly within Team Preterist, we know that within the Preterist community, there's many that have been hurt. There's many that are challenged continually in regards to their transition to the understanding of full Preterism. Um, there's many that are still studying and trying to navigate their way to understand these details. This is something that we should be sympathetic to. Within our movement. And of course, the intelligence, the intelligence of fulfilled Bible prophecy is amazing. The fact that we've begun to put together the story of Scripture and move beyond the bounds of tradition and truly examine the Scriptures, studying to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth, shows that this is definitely a union of intelligence. So what I'm looking to do with Team Preterist is put together some ideas. We're going to try to create more of a a cohesive movement, if you will, um, with you know, missions and efforts that we uh, we want to see take place. If we don't hope for something, if we don't mark out and strategize as far as what we want to see in regards to the healing of the nations, I believe that we'll continue to see what we're seeing, which is confusion and nobody necessarily seeing a picture of what they think full preterism should be painting. So I'm hoping that Team Preterist will team up and not one individual, not one ministry, but again, us as the preterist movement will bring forth an exciting picture in regards to what fulfillment truly means for the healing of the nations. Amen. So uh, you can look forward to communicating with me soon. I'm hoping that those of you that are tuning into this podcast would be interested. If you are, you can go ahead and like the Facebook group. It's a private group called Team Preterist. And then you can also uh, email me at pastor Mike Miano, M-I-A-N-O at Yahoo.com. And I'd love to communicate with you. And uh, we're also working on a church list and we're going to be putting together a whole bunch of things. So be excited about that. Also, this year, we have quite a few conferences coming up. As I looked at my schedule last night, I realized, so as of right now, we have conferences being planned for April, May, June, July, and October. That's pretty neat. You have April, Berean Bible Church in Virginia. Preferably, some of you are already planning that trip. In May, you have the Blue Point Bible Church, May 17th through the 19th, we have speakers such as Hoger Neubauer, we have Glenn Hill, we have Ward Fenley, we have all kinds of great speakers that are going to be here. Um, that's just the very beginning of the list, and uh, that's looking to be a challenge. We're going to have video presentations possibly from Dr. Don K. Preston, as well as Mr. Larry Siegel, and uh, looking to be great. And then you have June, you have the Southern California Conference being hosted by Ward Fenley, and I believe some of the speakers that may be there would be Carrie Burks, myself, Uh, Alan Bondar and Ward Fenley, among others. Um, That's looking to be great. More details about that coming soon. Then July, you have Ardmore, right? Preterist Pilgrim Weekend with Dr. Don K. Preston. I'm excited that I'll be speaking there this year. So uh, again, probably a host of other great speakers every year. Dr. Don K. Preston has great speakers. So uh, looking forward to that. This year, the focus for Don's conference is going to be, how do we know that we're not in the last days? And that should be an exciting conference. And then October, uh, the Memphis uh, Church there, Rains Road Church of Christ, William Bell's Church, uh, they host the conference, and I know I've been invited to possibly speak there this year, and I'm sure they're already planning ahead for their conference. So it's looking to be a rather exciting year. My goal, and I'm hoping your goal as well, is to see the full preterist movement truly come together as a union of intelligence and sympathy, and to truly bring forth the healing of the nations in regards to what Christ has accomplished for our edification and God's glorification. Amen. So that's what I have for announcements. I would like to just bring up two verses as we come to a close this morning. We had sang that beautiful song about this being a chosen generation. Um, we see in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who out of darkness into his wonderful life. You notice that it wasn't just for God to create a chosen people or a royal priesthood or a holy nation or a special possession. But in doing that, He would have a people that would declare his praises. So God has done the work, amen, of putting together a people. He has done everything, all the jots and tittles that were needed to remove the law so that that fleshly old covenant people would not bring forth righteousness and could not bring forth righteousness. That futility has passed away. And we are now living in the new heavens and the new earth. We are the people of God bringing forth the healing of the nations as the living water flows from the temple, God's chosen people. And I pray that I've walked worthy, as the Apostle Paul says in Acts chapter 20, verse 27, when he had proclaimed the gospel, when he had challenged the people that they should not reduce the gospel to anything other than that which was revealed in the law and the prophets. He said, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole counsel of God, the whole will of God. And I pray that I've walked worthy of that this morning. So thank you for time to tune in to the podcast. Again, we're here Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday at 7 a.m. in Paul Inn. Um, Otherwise, I appreciate that you even listen to the podcast and uh, just want to close out with a benediction. Lord, help us to see that without unity and solidarity, very little can be accomplished as we strive for racial harmony and economic justice. And might I add, anything else that we're striving for is going to be required. uh, Unity and solidarity are going to be required. As your children, Lord, we are in this together. Amen. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders that he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. Thank you, saints. Go in peace. Yeah, as the dead pass the flowing streams, yeah. so my soul for you, God.
2: Yeah. My soul thirsts for God, a living God. Yeah. I used to Jack Daniels chase Bloody Mary I never touched the Burgers nah they too scary since the day of my birth Now i am a walking walk right billboard I'm in my thirst My lips used to sip from thick mixed elixir Now I big gulp from big fit to scripture Living water all in my picture Get the picture Blowing out okay. my heart is the best kind of addiction yeah. yeah. If I go days without seeking his face It starts showing A week outside his presence in the world starts knowing Sometimes my earnest prayer Is to erase my brain Cause 20 years as a pagan Got my mind trained up so with the world like I need my face, I gotta breathe. But then she looked me in my face, like you ain't gotta leave. The landlord blew me into your cheating. I need more for a reason, so I got to get leaving. Your face, I need to constantly see. I need more, never feel I'm reaching my peak. I need more. My soul third for you, oh Lord. I need more. I need more, I'm searching after God, find peace in your mercy and grace, I need more, find shelter in no other place, I need more, my soul thirst for you, oh Lord, I need more, I need more, you can catch me at the brook. Forget diamonds in his presence, I stay late, would a shine like Moses when I'm seeking his face, my gratitude for the water was, bottle it up and try to sell it like a telemarketer, until I die, or they martyr us, the water's the bottom. They're scared of the water, yeah, so this is how I advertise. You can drink from other sources. 737, 8611. Catch me at the brook, take us sense heaven. Never get enough, Christ fill my soul up. Cause all the world's wells either dry or they done froze up. Greater than Jacob, look at John, 4, sitting there. Jesus makes an offer the waters like a synonym. All the women and men who live in sitting synonym, catch us at the brook where we be getting it in and in. I need to constantly seek. I need more. Never feel I'm reaching my peak. I need more. My soul thirst for you, oh Lord. I need more. I need more. I'm thirsting after God. Find peace in your mercy and grace. I need more. Find shelter in no other place. I need more. My soul thirst for you, oh Lord. I need more. I need more You can catch me at the brook The world's at the well Looking thirsty Me, I'm at the brook Where the church be Don't need a pool Homie, Christ, that heal me Used to mess around with coke But a tie was the real thing Don't need a Pepsi To pet me Press me, press me to seek him Like John Knox The sky who told me That I should drink him So should I leave the earth Catch me pulling it up I got my life turned up Homie, so is my girl yeah, yeah, Like the deer panthers My soul thirsts for you Like, make them known Everything we do like Offer living water to my whole crew We like I carry my cup I can't get enough Raise your cup to his authority and power like. Found out all day was happy hour like. Real talk he turns our lives up when the music drops You can catch me at the brook after the music stops Your face, I need to constantly see I need more Never feel I'm reaching my peak I need more My soul thirst for you oh lord I need more I need more. I'm searching after God. Find peace in your mercy and grace. I need more.